listening to the Apollo Podcast Network. Three, two, one. Liftoff will start in T minus 10 seconds. 10, 9, 8, 7, 6. This is Craig Ackerman, TV play-by-play announcer for the Houston Rockets. What's up, everyone? This is Jackson Gatlin, host of Locked on Rockets. This is Chris Chavez. This is your boy, Heezy, a.k.a. Raheel Ramzanali. It's Sean from Shots and Thoughts. This is Will, a.k.a. Bias Houston. This is Chucky Brown, former NBA basketball player for the 1995 NBA champion Houston Rockets. This is Timoteo Keister. What up, what up? It's Roosh Williams, the Mastodon himself. What's up, Rockets fans? This is Hollywood Don Knock. This is Devin White, a.k.a. The Gentleman. What's your boy, Von Wafer? Five, four, three, two, one. We have ignition. This is Jonathan Sanford, public address announcer for your Houston Rockets. You're listening to The Summit State of Mind. What is going on, everyone? You are listening to The Summit State of Mind, the podcast of Dream Shakes and Stepbacks and everything Houston Rockets presented to you by the Apollo Podcast Network. I am your host, your commissioner, Kenny. And of course, with me as always is my brother, my tag team partner, the GM, Justin, who's looking a little sleepy right now. Wake up, big brother. Wake up. How you doing today? I'm good. I'm good. I, I woke up from a nap and then had to take care of some stuff. And now I'm here, you know, sipping on a good beer, you know. Okay, so you're, so you're doing better now? Oh, wait, what, what, what's that koozie? What are you holding? Oh, okay. A little Paul, a little Apollo Media. Shout outs to Apollo. Okay, all right. My bad. Yes, yes. They're I doing a good we... job. It's just <laughs> gonna be keeping an... my beer cold. It's you just know? gonna be an episode of cheap plugs today, and I can't wait because I'm gonna be giving cheap plugs throughout the entire episode. And <laughs> look, it gets bigger and bigger and bigger every time we're at the summit. I think the peak just keeps getting raised, and the peak gets higher because we are about to introduce this guy right here. Look, this guy's awesome. Big fan of his. We've known him for a long time. Truly an OG in that sense. Not not to not to age this guy out by any means. This guy's a legend. This guy's awesome. He's awesome. I'm known for intros. I want to give him his intro one time. Let's see if I can give this man his proper justice. He is a Clutch Fans OG as well as a legendary blogger slash podcaster for Clutch Fans. He is also a self-proclaimed amateur NBA capologist. Introducing for the first time on our show, David Wiener, a.k.a. Bima Thug at the Summit. David, how are you doing today? Doing great. Thanks for having me, guys. I think it's just awesome just to get you on and just getting you here. And You're, I think you're too kind, man. You're, you're going to give me a big head here. <laughs> <laughs> Well, first of all, I just have to say thank you for, you know, showing up on our in our last uh, Houston Rockets watch party on behalf of me and my brother. I think it was awesome getting to see you there. I think that was awesome. Yeah. Oh, no, it was wonderful. You guys throw a good uh, a good party there. It's a great venue. Uh, I tried to make it a couple other times before, but uh, definitely had to get out there for Paolo uh, coming in from overseas. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, it's a great time. You guys throw a great, you know, you have a great group that you guys get together and do over there. Uh, the giveaways, things like that. It's just a great time. I had a wonderful time with y'all. Yes. Five, oh, thank out, you five so out of five stars. And remember, you also <laughs> had the food that had to be served. Because remember, uh, David David had you. He had you on a lock because he told you, Justin, that remember, if the food wasn't good, he was going to come get you. It, I had, it, was, uh, it, it was just good enough for me not to attack you. So, <laughs> Hey, you know what? I had all the faith in the world in that, in that cook over there. 
I told him specifically, I was like, my friend David over here is about to order some food. Make sure to add some extra love. Nothing wrong here. Just, just a little extra. That's what that you know? was. <laughs> I, I believe that I believe that I outed myself here, but you know, I had to save myself first of all. You know, just yeah, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Let's just let's just keep it as it is. No worries. You enjoyed the food. My life is saved. That's all that matters. I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, boys, before we get off the rails too much, uh, let's let's use the Rockets podcast. Let's talk some Houston Rockets right now. But first, we obviously have to backpedal, take a step back, James Harden style, and just talk about you, David, first and foremost, rolling out just the red carpet for you right now in regards to just your history as a Rockets fan. You know, when did it start? And, you know, when did it start? Like, how did it, you know, start, progress? And how did you end up becoming, you know, a salary cap god? Oh God! Well, I wouldn't call myself. A, I wouldn't. I wouldn't go that far. I will call uh, you that. I am that guy. I will be that guy for you. But um, I would say I actually got into the Rockets a little bit later than someone my age normally would. My, my dad was more of an Oilers fan. Uh, one big Rockets. I remember as a kid, like little bits of the '86 Finals, but but was not a Rockets fan back then. Uh, I didn't really get into the Rockets until about like 91 or so. Um, you know, one of my earlier memories is the Robert Ory draft and the fans booing Robert Ory because they wanted to take Harold Minor instead. You know, you, you know, if you ever listen to the Clutch Fans podcast, they introduced yep. Dave as yep. the man who would have drafted Harold Minor over Robert Ory. There are many, many Rockets fans at the time that would have drafted Harold Minor over Robert Ory. <laughs> Thank goodness none of them were the GM. Um, <laughs> But as far as like salary cap stuff and things like that, I, I think it wasn't until like the, there was a, a really long lockout back in 98. It was really bitter between the players and the, and the, uh, and the owners. And I started getting curious, like what are all these issues they're arguing about? And I started to kind of learn a little bit about that. And I think by the time the, there was a 99 CBA. And I think by the time there was a 2005 CBA, I was getting really into kind of the intricacies um, I think my, my big entry point, and for those of you that follow the salary cap stuff, you probably know who this guy is, but Larry Kuhn, uh, is the, he's the salary cap God. He, he is. <laughs> um, and, uh, he publishes, a, a frequently asked questions website about the CBA. And I just combed through that thing and read it over and over again until I got really familiar, uh, you know, learning from Larry and, uh, you know, started posting on clutch fans, message boards. And I noticed that the fan base, well, you know, terrific fan base, there was kind of a lack of knowledge about some of the salary caps as, as, as you would say for any fan base at the time, I think the salary cap didn't get pretty popular until not too long ago. Um, and so would kind of post some guidance and, Oh, actually, well, actually it's not, you can't really do this because of this. And, you know, gained a little notoriety and became friendly with Dave Hardesty and just got in with Clutch fans, started getting active on Twitter, posting salary cap stuff and the rest is history. That's awesome, man, because I can definitely remember as I was younger, like um, in my early years on Clutch fans, I remember reading your threads, your stories, your posts, and I would just be like, okay, I'm getting an education because as a fan, we're not thinking about salary. And of course, someone like myself who played NBA 2K grew up at that point in time and learning those little small stuff when it pertained to the CBA and the salary cap. 
and being able to apply your knowledge into that and then eventually it growing. So that's kind of how it went for me because I, I learned a lot of stuff from you. I don't know if I've ever told you that, but I learned a lot of stuff through your posts and your stories that you would um, post, not just on the forum, but on the website as well. So yeah, that I, like it's really cool to hear about how it all started. And thinking about 91, like I'm trying to remember who it was like Sleepy Floyd was there at that point in time. Yeah. I don't think we had Carl Herrera just yet. As I remember he was starting. We had Buck that, Johnson. Buck Johnson yes. was Robert Ory's predecessor. <laughs> Avery Johnson was just a young little guy yeah. playing for the Rockets at that point before he went to San Antonio. What a time. Kenny, you weren't even born yet, dude. No, I was not. <laughs> oh, why do you gotta why do you gotta call me out like that? Oh my goodness. Oh, I, only just by a year. Just by a year. <laughs> I, you know, I, I echo the same sentiments. I think it was just really cool, kind of when we grew up and like we got to watch Rockets games, obviously on TV in the early days, but kind of like hopping on clutch fans, being a lurker, quote unquote. Those are the guys that, you know, you don't have an account. So you just you just look, you go on the bulletin boards. And and so Bima Thug was always was always there. And uh, we were just all, and me and my brother always like, man, this guy really knows salary cap. And and that's why I, I jokingly, you know, we jokingly call ourselves these nicknames, the GM and the commissioner. I'm the commissioner. He's the GM because he ended up like really inheriting that like type of style, like where he loves talking salary cap. And and yeah, you were pretty much like the person that he looked up to in regards to that. So I just think that that's really cool. Give the man his flowers when he deserves it. Absolutely. Give this man. Hey, hey, by the way, it wasn't just me. A lot of terrific posters. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't yes, want to name yes, everyone because I'm going to forget someone, but especially like guys like a Elliot, those uh, that, yes. that I was learning stuff from as I was mm-hmm. coming up to a lot of great posters on the, on the site that knew their stuff besides just me. So how did, how did, you know, another question kind of yielding from that, like, how did you and like Dave ended up meeting? Like you guys were like me and my brother in our intro, we always say, you know, we're the tag, my tag team partner, but you guys were the OG tag team in Houston Rockets <laughs> podcasting. Like you guys were like the ones that, you know, y'all walked so we could mm-hmm. run, you know, so our podcasts could run. So <laughs> I think we stumbled, like, how did y'all meet? we stumbled so that you could run. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh. No, no I remember well, listening um, to those way back yeah. in the day. No, well, uh, Dave reached out to me at some point and realized, oh, well, you know, David, you're, I really like your posts. Would you be interested in writing something for the site? And I said, oh, well, you know, I kind of hadn't really thought about that. And then I started writing the salary cap updates and, you know, they, See, they're long and boring, but they seem to get a pretty positive response overall. And then when Dave started podcasting, he said, hey, come on and come on and do it with me. And, you know, we're, we don't have the discipline that you guys and Jackson and the other Apollo guys have to do it so regularly. You know, if, <laughs> if we do four in a year, that's a good year for us, you know. But, uh, but yeah, so uh, it, it, it's been fun. And, uh, you know, I... I think I remember meeting Dave for the first time, maybe it was before LBT was born, but bringing LBT in a little stroller, meet up for lunch with Dave and talk about the site and things like that. But um, it's been a while, but it just means we're, we're getting old. That's all. <laughs> eight, eight, no, no, not, 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 not aging, just experience. Your experience gets uh, wiser as the year, as the years. I'm experienced progress. in aging is what I am. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just, I, I, like I said, you know, I think it's just awesome 
like just kind of getting to kind of hear that and just quick side story before we move on i remember one of my favorite moments was the dwight howard sweepstakes and then y'all ended up i think releasing the pod i uh correct me if i'm wrong maybe it was it a few days maybe the like a few days after right after he had signed you guys jumped on it so quickly and i was so happy because i'm literally just on my phone i'm just waiting for this episode i know i was like okay beam of thug and clutch fans i know they're gonna post an episode i'm just waiting i'm waiting i'm waiting so when y'all <laughs> finally posted we were like oh thank god you know because i just wanted to kind of hear that you guys were pretty much that extension you know they're 790 610 obviously and they they covered it obviously but you know for us as fans like being that fan base that we are of clutch fans at that time we were just such huge fans we were just waiting you know patiently waiting for that episode to drop and when it dropped it was one of my favorite memories because you guys were just talking about like oh man like this is the move to be made you know this team is you know is capable this team is a contender and i was just like man so now looking at bad now obviously it didn't work out but at the time i hey, love you know conference finals appearance is nothing to sneeze at you know i'll i'll look back fondly on on the dwight howard tenure at Me least two-thirds of it <laughs> yeah same here yeah i mean the first time after 18 years getting to the conference finals that's that was enough for me i was happy you, you take you take the blessings where you can and d- d- forget about the rest man <laughs> <laughs> that's right that's right tired of the same old anime tees tired of the mall core look that first colony Mallcore look? Don't you want to see some older classic animes getting some love as well? Well, be sure to check out the brand Day Off for your retro anime goods. From animes like Macross and Neon Genesis Evangelion to Cowboy Bebop, My Hero Academia, and one of my personal favorites, Demon Slayer. So Day Off is your source for anime-induced graphic mayhem. So use code Day Off Summit for a 10% discount at dayoff.shop. That's D-A-Y-O-F-F dot shop. So make sure to go through, grab a t-shirt, and meet us at the summit. Hey everybody, this is Craig Ackerman, TV play-by-play announcer for the Houston Rockets. And you are listening to the Summit State of Mind podcast. Well, you know, I, I think it's great just kind of getting to hear your story. Let's fast forward now. Let's go back to today now. Let's talk about modern day. What's going on with the Rockets today? I know you've been kind of doing your rounds in regards to that, doing hopping on some of the other podcasts, but I kind of just want to, you know, get you on this platform, getting to talk about the draft. Look, the draft is a little over two weeks away. The Rockets are selecting third overall in the NBA draft question. This is the million-dollar question here for you, David. Are you on the Bancaro boat? Are you in Jabari's jungle? Are you in Chet's Cheddarfields or are, dare I say, are you even in the Ivy League? Where do you stand Ooh, right now? I like that. Where um, do you- <laughs> I, I would not necessarily say I am steadfast in one camp. Uh, if I, ha- if you're asking me, how would I rate, how would I rank please, the players, those do. four please. guys, my personal ranking, I go Chet one, Jabari two, Paolo three, Ivy four. Uh, if I don't think the Rockets are going to go Ivy, but if they end up with any of those bigs, I'm going to be a happy man. I just want, I, okay. So that, that begs the question. So I want to like, 
because I can understand, I can understand Chet being the number one pick, but a lot of people on Twitter and a lot of people are like, this guy is under 200 soaking wet. So like, what, what is like, what is it that makes you believe that Chet, you know, Chet Holmgren is going to be that guy? I can see it, but what, from your perspective, what do you see that makes Chet being that guy, you know, being the number one overall pick in this year's NBA draft? Sure. I, I think he just has the most overall raw talent. I think just, just his size, his skill level, his length. Um, he is an elite shot blocker while being a 39% three-point shooter. And I know he, you know, I know he's a stick. He's going to have to eat a lot of pasta. That's for sure. Um, <laughs> but, you know, at some point you have to have some, you know, you have to have some confidence in your strength and conditioning program. I mean, if you recall, Yao Ming was a stick when he came over. And by, by the time the Rockets were contending with him, he was, you know, he was, he had some girth to him. He, I mean, he had some real muscle on him. Um, I mean, the, the legs were tree trunks, but even the upper body, really, he built himself up over a couple mm -hmm. over a few years. And the hope would be you do something not necessarily that drastic because he's not as big as Yao, but something along those lines where, you know, two years from now, he's got that strength that you're concerned about. Um, but this team is in desperate need of rim protection. Mm -hmm. He's the best one. I mean, he's the best one of the top players for sure. He can, he can spread the floor. He can put it on the floor. He's got good, great handles for a seven footer. Um, I just think it, it, the, the pros outweigh the cons. I think he's got the highest ceiling. So that that's why I personally like Chet again, we go Jabari, we go pal. I'm a happy man either way, but that's just my personal preference. Same here. Same here. <laughs> I'm a Paolo guy. I can't help myself. But to be honest with you, I've been watching a lot more Jaden Ivey film recently. And huh, like the more I watch it, the more I'm like, man, we could really use this guy. That athleticism is one is certainly something else that can be molded. But I understand where you're coming from in regards to Chet. Oh, I mean, Ivey is a very yeah. strong fourth. Yeah, He's a very absolutely. Strong fourth, but I got absolutely. the other three ahead of him. Yeah, I don't blame you. I mean, I feel the exact same way. You can talk yourself into any of them any given day. I mean, maybe even though I personally like Paulo based on the stuff that he brings to the table, basketball IQ, playmaking at 6'10", I think the shot will be better. Obviously, the defense is a concern, but I believe that with the right system, it can happen. But granted, we're the worst defensive team in the league. We sh I don't know if we're exactly too focused on defense at this point in time, but, yeah, you know, we just need we'll see good how players. it goes. Touche. See, there you go. That basketball IQ is certainly a thing. You know, that, 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 that's something that Kenny and I always had concern with, especially with this year's team. We just didn't think that there was much there. I'm not saying that the guys are dumb. It's just there's stuff that they have to process in regards to the learning curve because they're so young. There's a lot to learn in regards to NBA basketball. So, I, you know, there's gonna, we're going to see some good stuff from this squad coming up um, this year. But regardless of who we get in this draft, I'm just very excited so excited you know the fact that we got top three that's a victory to us and with 17 that's just a little sprinkle on the top you know what i mean oh i mean yeah people you know people come into this thing thinking oh well we had the worst record in the league we are entitled to the top pick and if we don't end up with the top pick it is some sort of injustice well mm -hmm. the rockets had a only a 40 percent chance of getting a top three pick mm -hmm. and going in that's what that's what i cared the most about just get in the top three yeah and they did and i'm happy People don't realize it's not 1983 anymore. You know, you don't yeah. have to coin flip to get a key. Ralph flips. Samson, yeah. you know. <laughs> <laughs> no, I. It's so funny that you say that too, because if 
we so we hosted a you know a draft a lottery draft that that night and the video you know made its rounds on twitter and if if you zoom in on my face when we got the third pick you see me go oh I'm, you know it's like kind of for a split second it lets the breath out it go like you see me go like this oh and then you just see me like shake my head and go oh yeah no this is good this is good and you just see me clap my hands like no this is good and like you just the collective like morale of everyone else is just cool and then i think it's like me and j-dub are like the two that are like no 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 no, we're good we're good this is great this is what we want so <laughs> if it makes you feel better i, I had the same reaction because i was really right? hoping for top two because i thought mm-hmm. jen and jabari have just a little bit of a palo but i was yeah. exactly like you kind of, i was the alonzo morning gift i was finding the words and once again david finds finds it for me see once again once again i just know i love it <laughs> I love it. And, and and just one last thing to, to chime in on before we move on to the next topic. I just want to say in regards to, you know, I was in the I'm in the Jabari jungle. I'm, I'm a Jabari Smith guy. Like beginning of the NCAA year, I, I was 50 50 going with him and Chet, like honestly. And I knew obviously the negatives are the fact that, like you said, less than 200 soaking wet. But like you said, I believed in that same thing that the pros outweigh the cons and rim protection. I mean, I'm echoing your same sentiments, but the rim protection is desperately, desperately needed. I know everyone believes that Alperin's the future, including I'm sure all of us can honestly agree that he's, he's, he's going to be something special in the future, but definitely not your, not your typical rim protector. You know what I mean? Like that's not how I see him as, and I'm, I don't, you know, so in regards to that, I'm just saying like, someone like a Chet, if I played devil's advocate going the other way, Chet, Chet Holmgren is the prototypical perfect center that you would want next to a KP, a Jalen green, like these guys that are already set in motion. You just need that rim protector that can run. And then you add the three point shooting, you add the ball handling, you had, you add the, his inside game on top of it. And that's just cherry on this incredible Sunday that we already have. But so I don't know, man, I'm at a point in my life though, where I'm with y'all and I'm especially with you, David, that, I'm happy with all three picks. Like really, I can buy into each and every one of them. I can buy into all their stock. I'm definitely not like, oh, I hate Paolo. No, whoever we get. I will will just say this, that that I think Chet is, at least in the early part of his career, is going to be primarily a four. And I think he's the best fit with Shangun. Again, (laughs) don't make this pick count like based on who fits with Shangun. But it just so happens that Chet is also the best fit next to Shangun. Jabari being a close second, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I agree. Who was it that we played? Who was that he played with? Cash, I remember his name. Jalen uh, Suggs. No, no, no. That he played with just this past year in Gonzaga. Drew Timmy. Drew uh, Timmy, because he Timmy reminded me so much of Shangun. So that's why I was yeah. like, okay, yeah, this can work perfectly. So we'll see. Obviously, what ends up happening. Look, we're like a little over two weeks, like I said. But the third pick is not the only thing that is in our hands right now. The GM said it. The seventeenth pick is the cherry on top of this Sunday. So you know, this pick as a whole just seems a bit more flexible for our Rockets in regards to who they may draft, but. David, first, you know, over to you. Do you think the Rockets will, you know, will they trade up? Will they trade down? Do they trade out? Or do they, you know, dare I say, do they stand pat? Do they stand pat and end up, you know, just picking somebody? What say you? I mean, if you're asking me if I'm a betting man, you got to bet on standing pat because only a fraction of all trades even discussed ever actually happened. Of course. But, Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, they'll certainly try to trade up, I think. I think there's a tier of players that could fall into the range, maybe a few picks above 17. They may try to trade up a few spots. Um, I don't see them trading down unless 
everyone in the the tier they're aiming at is gone and they have like six guys all in the same tier when they come up maybe they could trade down a few spots but you know Rafael Stone I think he even admitted that they had some offers at the trade deadline for Eric Gordon that would have given them a late first round pick in this draft and he just didn't want it because it, there's no room for a, for another first round pick that you know mm-hmm. it, it, you look back to the, the Daryl Morey contending years where you were just praying you could have one first round pick on your roster <laughs> now we're gonna have so many yep. um, we don't know what to do with all of them so mm-hmm. you know it, it, I don't know if we really have any room for another first round pick it, they just it, the the player would die on the vine here almost that's so that's why I'm, I, I'm not so sure they trade down unless they can get a comparable talent to whoever's left over at 17. No, I totally understand that. I'm actually in the boat of where we trade out. I personally would want to trade. I, I'm not. Okay. Let me rephrase that. I, there are certain players that I would want at 17, but to me, I just believe that it should be more important to take care of the players that we have now in regards to PT, unless they believe that there is a player they can bring in at 17 that could possibly make an impact, whether it's going to be, in the big leagues or at RGV because personally 2023 isn't a stronger draft. The more picks that you have in that draft, there are possibilities that are endless because that's going to be a lot more active, I guess, in the sense of trading and with all the players that are coming out that year, I just personally would want an extra pick, even though we do have the Milwaukee pick in 2023, I believe. Yeah. So, Yep, that's 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 worth something. Absolutely. I mean, I'm not holding my breath on the Milwaukee Bucks being <laughs> terrible, but hey, we thought the Brooklyn Nets were going to be amazing this year. We thought that yeah. pick was going to be 28, mm-hmm. and it turned out to be 17. So you Thank never know. Goodness, but um, I do want to ask you though, like, if we stay pat at 17, who do you think that we take? Mm. Personally, who do you think? Oh, I, I definitely know the answer to that. Oh, the best player available. <laughs> yeah. get, that, get that on the back of a jersey <laughs> what is, uh, yeah it's, it, like, I, I hear a lot of people talking about oh well we mm. gotta need get a strong wing defender like yeah. a guy like tari eason i would love to get tari eason if that's who we take i'd be ecstatic mm-hmm. but if the rockets have some let let i'll just use a, a random example johnny davis mm-hmm I could see the Rockets. He's certainly not a fit. He plays the same position as Jalen Green, although he can play some point. Mm-hmm. Um, not exactly an ideal fit, but I could totally see the Rockets having him higher than Tari Eason on their draft board. And taking him. It, yeah, if he falls to 17 for some reason, mm-hmm. Rafael's going to go with the best player available. This, this, was the, this was the worst team in the league two years in a row. You're not kind of, oh, well, we have this player who's a rotation guy right now. Well, he's a rotation guy on the worst team in the league. You know, take the best player available and you figure out fitly. There you go. I agree. If no one saw his post yes- yesterday about Aaron Brooks, that's exactly what – that's the reference that was from. Because <laughs> yeah. oh, I, was, I wasn't a fan of the pick either, but, man, I, he certainly I helped I hated out. Aaron Brooks' pick in real time, and I was an idiot. So, <laughs> well, I mean, we are all constantly yeah. humbled. <laughs> so, edu- like just quickly educate the youngins i mean like gosh goodness gracious like i just watched that i rewatched that you know where amazing happened doc and then <laughs> yeah it was our ray for alston steve francis mike james and then oh okay let's go ahead and tack on aaron brooks while we're at it four point guards so, oh yeah so the 2007 <laughs> draft this was daryl Morey's first draft as the gm yep. like the full gm yep. where he was the guy in charge he took aaron brooks with the 26th pick 
Thought it was terrible. He was like the fifth or sixth point guard on our roster. Oh, he doesn't fill a need. Oh, terrible. He's a little guy. And then the Seattle Sonics at, with the first pick of the second round, 31, took Carl Landry, power forward out of Purdue. And I laughed at them saying, oh, my God, Carl Landry, you were supposed to go late in the second round. And then I found out that the, they took the pick for the Rockets. The Rockets drafted him. And I was angry. Oh, this is Daryl Morey. doesn't know what he's doing. And uh, two, three years later, Aaron Brooks and Carl Landry, if you did a redraft, they both go lottery to mid first round. So mm-hmm. easily. Yep. Show, shows what I knew then. I think I'm a little <laughs> smarter now, but probably not much more. No, I, I, that's the thing. And that's the thing. It's, it's the draft. It's the luck of the draw. Like you really can't anticipate like, and I always told my brother this, like you, we can talk till the cows come home about how much, like this guy's better, you know, player A is better than player B. We just don't know at the end of the day. And, and I'm going to just say in regards to Maury in his first, in his first draft, I mean, compared to Raphael Stone, I mean, everyone can, you know, everyone considers as this moment. And as of right now, he's been hitting grand slams as far as we know right now on the draft. So I mean, don't forget KJ Martin with the 52nd pick was a Mm -hmm. steal. Mm. It was a wonderful first pick for Rafael. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm gonna tell you. I'm gonna tell you too. And I'm gonna be honest with you, David. When I first saw that pick, I was like, "All right, Kenyon Martin, Kenyon Martin Jr." Okay, cool. There's a, there's still something there. Okay, that's that's cool. But I cannot. I can't just be like, "Yeah, no." I, I watched this game tape. Oh yeah, he's gonna be great. Nope. I just saw. I was like, "Kenyon Martin Jr." Okay, sure. Why not? He's a junior. We'll see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I, I think just in regards to that, we don't know obviously who they're gonna draft at number seventeen. But if they do stand pat, GM, you asked you asked David. GM asked the OG GM who he would pick, but over to you now, Justin, I know that you have a pick. I want you to put it out to the world. Who would you pick with the 17th pick? Oh man. I've, as much as I do like Tari Eason, I've been on the Jalen Williams bandwagon. I've been watching a lot of his film and a lot of what he does, I feel like would complement really well this team. And he, he has strengths that this team could definitely use. Granted his outside shooting can be a little inconsistent, but when it's on, it's on. And his defense, it can be, how can I say this? His defense may not, off the ball, he can get a little lost. But when he's man-to-man, he makes some great decisions. He's very good laterally. He says, he does a great job staying in front of his man. And I'll, I'll say this. He played high school as a point guard. He was short. He was recruited as a point guard in Santa Clara. And then he, he grew, came too. But he has point guard mentality. And as much as we want to hammer down with Kevin Porter Jr., love the guy. We just don't know what the future holds in regards to him. And there's nothing wrong with investing a later pick in someone that could potentially take that over. You know, with he's he's been playing it all of his life. And at 6'6, length is huge. And I think we're starting to realize how important length really is. And at, I think he has like what a 7'2 wingspan. Ridiculous. Freaking ridiculous. So you know what? Yes, I am on that bandwagon, and I'm all about molding that bandwagon. So, <laughs> so Justin, you you think mm-hmm. you think he played point guard? He in, played in, in, the, in the NBA. I believe that he. I don't. Okay, how could, let me rephrase this. I'm not sure if he'll he'll start. I believe that he'd be oh. a great two guard, but he is someone that like running the point like an Eric Gordon running the point. Someone that can take control when need be, and he can make plays when the ball's in his hands, but to run a full elite NBA offense. No, not like that, but I just want him as the, as a, as to be honest with you, in my opinion, years from now, I think Jalen greens and dominate the ball. 
and regardless of who the point guard is, he should be the one with the ball most of the time. And the other playmakers should be people that if Shingun does work out, you know, or uh, man, I was huge on the Josh Christopher bandwagon, but I don't know. I, I have a little bit of my doubts in his playmaking skills currently. Um, but I believe that he can be someone that can help in regards to that. Playmakers are, I wouldn't say abundant in this league, but they're definitely necessary. Shot makers and shot creators definitely is what is needed. And he is certainly someone that I believe in based on what I've seen now. I, I have a lot of hope, but shoot, I can be just as wrong as I am right. Who the hell knows, man? <laughs> that could be the, the theme of, of all draft podcasts. Who the hell knows? Exactly. Trust me. I'm always that way. I hear people talk like, like so definitively. And I'm just like, man, I wish I wish, I hope you're right, man. <laughs> I respect it. I respect it, man. Yeah, some I mean, of the clutch fans, I think I was saying like, Oh, the Rockets might be interesting. You know, Ty Ty Washington, that'd be mm-hmm. a decent pick. And someone's like, no, they're not going to take him. I was like, How do you know? You don't, they're looking to, or they're not looking at Ty Ty. They're looking at 50 different players. I mean, come on. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. If they don't bring in that many people, then they're not doing their due diligence. They're not doing their job because you never know, you know? So yeah, I think it's funny when people are so dismissive, it cracks me up. I'm always the guy that's just like, Hey dude, you never know. We, we don't know what Raphael Stone's thinking in the back of his head, but Hey man, I'm just here for the ride. We can all speculate as much as we want, but then once those picks are made, that's when we can all, you know, say our comments and whatever the fit or what role they'll play or blah, blah, blah. But that's the best part about it, man, to be honest. That's what I enjoy. I'm not going to, I don't know. Like I'm like, for me, I'm just not going to like draft in regards to fit. And I get the, and I know it's comparing apples to oranges, but my best comparison to that is, look, when you go back to the Houston Astros, they didn't draft based on fit. They went with the best athlete, the best player available, and they figured it out later. Alex Bregman and Carlos Correa were both in the same position, and then they just maneuvered Bregman to the third base spot. So mm-hmm. it, it, at this point, like you said, David, this is the worst team in the NBA. So it's not going to break any banks by getting you know the best player available, especially at the 17th pick. So I fully believe that I'm, I'm fully confident in Stone's ability abilities and the, the team that he has around him i have my full confidence in them i fully believe that whatever decision they're going to pick it's going to be a decision that we as a fan base are going to have to trust regardless whether we want to or not we're going to have to trust it so no matter what happens we're just going to have to see what obviously well, well, who, who would be your, who's, who's who's your pick you said it earlier Tari eason but i just don't oh, think okay, he, yeah, i yeah. just don't think he'll get there i i just i fully he'd be, a great I, pick. he'd be a great pick right i just feel it in my loins that i feel like he just won't be there like 12th <laughs> maybe 13th maybe like dude or maybe if, even like 14 i don't know I just knowing like he us he'll go 16 uh, always <laughs> Oh, I, I would like watch Jeremy Sohan, maybe, you know, like Marjan Bochamp. Those are all guys that would just work out so well for us, to be honest with you. They fell. I'm all for it, dude. <laughs> I wanted, uh, I want, you know, it's funny too. like uh, one last thing before we move on to the next topic, but I wanted Devin Booker in the year that we got, uh, gosh, uh, what's his name? I'm, I'm, I'm blanking on his name now. Uh, Sam Decker. It was oh, Sam, Sam Decker. Decker Sam Decker. At number oh, I think that was the draft was we wanted to trade. And I think we got, and I think Booker went 12 or 10. He went, he went somewhere. Uh, 12, 12, I think. 13, 13, 13. 13. C 13, just, just five picks. But yeah, no, like you said, no one, our luck, Tari Eason's probably going to get pick 16. So it depends. We'll see if, if, if stone is going to trade up, if, if they announce a trade up, I'm gonna be like, okay, they got their guy. They know exactly who they want. No, their top, their tops on their board is available and they're going to go get them. So have you thought about grabbing a meal on the go, needing a meal in smoothie form? 
How about grabbing an acai bowl from Rush Bowls? They have plenty of options for those that are looking for a great healthy meal. There's a bowl that I usually get from there. It's called the Yoga Bowl. It's blended with mango, pineapple, banana, matcha, froyo, and your choice of dairy or non-dairy milk. I usually get oat milk, but that's just my personal preference. It's topped with granola, chia seeds, bananas, and honey. I even like to include their in-house peanut butter. It is delightful. Trust me, guys. They even have deals all throughout the week. Dog on Mondays, where you get a free Bow Wow Bowl for your dog with any purchase of a bowl. Or Wellness Wednesdays, gets you $2 off any wellness bowls or smoothies. So if you're craving a nice, healthy, and light meal, us at the Summit highly suggest visiting Rush Bowls and grabbing yourself a delicious acai bowl. It is the best acai bowl in Houston. So be sure to follow them on Instagram, at Rush Bowls Houston. Let me repeat, at Rush Bowls Houston, and visit them at their location, 6001 Washington Avenue, number Suite 200, Houston, Texas. Make sure to mention that the Summit State of Mind sent you, because if you do, you will be receiving 33% off your bowl. So let me repeat that. Mention the Summit State of Mind, and you will receive 33% off your bowl. So, all right, everybody, go on, get out there, and feed that healthy body of yours. This is Jonathan Sanford, public address announcer for your Houston Rockets. You're listening to The Summit State of Mind. Boys, let's move forward now. Let's, like, let's move past the draft at this point because – Cheap plug right now. Uh, David put out a an amazing article that I already read. It's on Clutch Fans right now. So you go on ClutchFans.com. Catch catch my boy's uh, article. It's live right now. Clutchfans.net. Oh, dot net. net. You're right. Yes, Clutch- yes, yes. You know, yes. it's so funny. You put dot net, but I put dot com and it still pops up. Have it might. Seen? It might. Yeah, I yeah. So I, it, it was it was dot net back in the day. It was dot net back in the well, day. Well, no, I sure. think it's still dot net. That. No, but even like dot yeah, com, yeah. it still pops up. I, yeah, but you're right though. <laughs> My 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 apologies. Really, I should have David be the one to put his own. I'm just trying to I'm just trying to gas my boy up. <laughs> so you you gave an awesome update. Like you did your salary cap update, especially in regards to the free agency. I just you know, could you give us a bit of kind of like, I guess a, uh, you know, a monologue rundown of of sure. What to look I mean, Justin, to? you didn't get a long enough nap today. You wanna? <laughs> well, hey, man. Hey. <laughs> We don't we don't need any personal attacks here. I need my rest just a little bit. We don't need any self-loathing here, Dave. Yeah. No, none of that. None of that. That's that's my default setting. Um, <laughs> what, what can we, what to look forward to in regards to this free? Sure. No, no, I'm just kidding. It. Um, it really just it, it most of it is just kind of laying out the facts of okay, here's who's on the books for next year, how much everybody makes. We have a couple small dead cap hits, some cap holds for some free agents and kind of letting you know, like when people are like, Oh, are we going to have cap room or can we go out and do this or that? Trying to put in perspective. Okay. Well, here are all the commitments right now. And this is going to affect what we can do. And bottom line is, you know, unless they get a really good deal on a John wall buyout um, or, or some, 
uneven trade at the at the trade deadline. Um, they're probably going to be operating over the cap this year. Um, they're way below the luxury tax, so they can take on more salary. They can, if they want to, they can use the full mid level exception this summer. So they have a lot of flexibility and taking on more salary, but they don't just have a ton of cap room this summer to go out and get any big name they want. Not necessary anyway. Let's wait until 2023. Yeah, oh, there's so many <laughs> roster spots accounted for. They're, they're, they don't need to be active in free agency. Mm-hmm. They, can, they can roll it over again. And again, if the team's not great this year, so be it. You let them grow. I thought the last part of this past season was, was really good, seeing the young guys grow. And if they can keep that up next year, if it's Paolo or whoever the pick is and Jalen, let them grow together, make their mistakes, mm-hmm. take their lumps. So be it. I'm hundred percent behind that. Absolutely. You know, like with, based on who we have on the roster right now, I mean, there's no reason to like, you're not going to try to give away Eric Gordon or Christian Wood for nothing. And even then you still got to worry about uh, Kevin Porter jr. Going into restricted free agency next year. So we'll see how that all goes. It, it, it's just really interesting to see. And I'm, I'm curious to see if there is any trades made in the draft in regards to our, some of our veterans. I highly doubt it. It just seems like the value of said guys aren't too high. And that's always something you can wait. If nobody sees Christian Wood as a first round value at this moment, you might as well play it out because we value him a little bit more higher than everyone else. And we'll see how that goes. Who knows? Maybe it'll work. Maybe he won't try to dominate the ball as much this year. We'll see how it goes. Who knows? But at the end of the day, we just got to roll with who we got and hope that Steven Silas and all the other assistant coaches can make it happen, you know? Yeah. Yep. No, the, 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 the time, the time for the big move is next summer. Exactly. I'm all for it. Well, I, yeah, let's, you know, just for fun, I want to, fa- let's fast forward to next year. Let's say it's 2023. What? So, so the saying right now goes that, you know, two max slots open up, right, David, what, what needs to happen for these two max slots to open up? Like it's true, right? So this is truth that the Mac two max slots will open up. It it might be true. Okay. Okay. They will, they will easily have at least one max slot and, Mm -hmm. and a plenty more, whether Mm -hmm. they get all the way to two max slots remains to be seen. Um, In order to do that, number one, don't take on a ton of big salary this summer. Mm -hmm. Um, You probably got to say goodbye. Well, you're, you're, pretty much definitely waving Eric Gordon. He has a non-guaranteed year for that, that season and you can wave him and let him walk. Um, you, you could keep Christian Wood and a max player and another decent sized bit of room for another guy, or you can let Wood walk uh, and then you're closer to two double max room. Mm-hmm. Um, you still got a cap hold for, for KPJ the good news there is because he was the 30th pick of the draft, his cap hold isn't as outrageous as some other first round picks that are coming up for, for new contracts. And then you also got Jay Sean Tate, who mm-hmm. is basically on a, I mean, it's not technically a minimum contract, but it's basically a minimum contract. So his cap hold is going to be very small. So hypothetically speaking, and I'm not saying I'm, you know, we all want to spend the owner's money, but the, <laughs> you, we can say, oh, double max and do all this. And by the time you're, re, re, you know, you're re-upping Jalen Green, all of a sudden you're a hundred million dollars in the luxury tax. So, um, you know, you, te- you hypothetically could get two max guys 
and bring back KPJ on a new deal and bring back Jay Sean Tate on a new deal. So it, it, it's, it's pretty exciting. The, the flexibility and the, how much room or, you know, maneuverability they're going to have next mm-hmm. summer. It really is, is pretty exciting. That's a part of Raphael Stone. I can't wait to see operate. We've seen him operate during the draft, but in free agency, that's where we want to see the cap manipulation that this man makes. So I'm curious to see how it goes. I'm, I'm just as excited as you trust and, me. And, and don't, and don't necessarily assume it's going to only be from free agency. You mm. know, the, it may be, there may be some trades involved either at the trade deadline. They may realize, Oh, well, all these guys are getting extended and the free agent class next summer. Isn't as great as we thought it thought it was going to be, you know, a few months ago, let's mm. push our chips, you know, or, you know, half our chips into the ta- to the middle of the table at the trade deadline and make a preemptive move to use up some of that, take on more space. So we, we don't have as much cap room next summer, but we're mm-hmm. getting a good guy now before someone else. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it, it, it just the flexibility they have, because nowadays free agency is becoming a, you know, a smaller and smaller part of team building as guys are re-upping all the time mm-hmm. um, before they hit free agency. So you know, don't be surprised if it's some mixture of free agency and trades. I can't wait. I'm very excited to see what's going to end up happening in terms of next year. I know like 2023 is going to be like, it's quote unquote the year, especially since like, this is the year, what this would, we're, this coming season is going to be year three of the re- full rebuild. Mm-hmm. So like, you know, you on, on a typical rebuild, you give yourself like about three years, right, David. And then if you have a chance to jump on a free agent or kind of bring someone in to kind of round the team out a la you know what chris paul ended up being for phoenix you kind of take that chance right yeah i mean it can be three four sometimes even five years and a lot i mean i'd probably say half of rebuilds get derailed because the owner gets impatient and makes Mm -hmm. a win now move instead you know think and i will give him i've given tillman for some criticism over the years but i will give him credit he is he is letting rafael and his team do what they need to do here it's it's frustrating. I can imagine for Tillman Fertitta, it's very frustrating. You're paying all this money for a losing product, but he, I think he sees the bigger picture now and mm-hmm. stepping back and being hands off. So credit to him for letting Rafael do what he needs to do. But you know, I'm hoping this is the last year of pain, and then it's back to respectability. But you never know. You never know. Mm-hmm. It could be one more year if things don't go our way. And, you know, things don't always go your way. So, you know, it, I'll tell you what, if, if it's, we were bad this year and got very, very lucky and got Victor Wimbanyama in the draft next year, then I think <laughs> you start seeing things turn the other way. Touche. David, Touché. I'm going to need a whole another episode with you talking about Victor Wimbanyama. We'll do that later. We'll do that in another episode. That I'm already rubbing my hands at the thought process of getting a Victor <laughs> But no, you're absolutely right. I can't wait to see in regards to what's going to happen next year. It's going to be a very big year in regards to our Rockets. So we'll see what happens then. Look, David, I also just want to round this out with another question in regards to your, just your past as a whole. David, favorite Rockets memory you know, that you got to experience firsthand? Oh God, the championships. Um, my, my dad took me to, he got playoff tickets. We sat in the upper deck. Uh, I was in high school at the time. Uh, and I was there for game seven. And I remember, I remember going nuts. We are the champion Blair and the confetti coming down, hugging complete strangers, uh, (laughs) going down Richmond with everyone honking their horns. Mm -hmm. Uh, it, it was, I mean, aside from my wedding, probably the greatest experience of my life. And that's including the birth of my child. 
I love it. I love it. Love to hear it. They probably know what I'm talking about. It's not the greatest moment in your life. It's very stressful. The birth of your child. Uh, (laughs) But then I was also back in 95. I was there with my dad and my kid brother. And all three of us got to experience game four over Orlando. So unbelievable. I don't think those will ever be topped. I hope Mm -hmm. to come to have comparable experiences in the future, but being there with my dad and my brother, uh, Mm -hmm. they'll never be topped. You know what? I take that back. Rockets win a championship and I'm there with my son. That'll top. There you you go. go. There you go. (laughs) <laughs> you already experienced the 27 you got to experience the 2017 championship right then didn't, didn't you have yeah we yeah we were at the stadium we were, obviously um, not we were at, yeah we were at minute Maid park watching it on the jumbotron and we had kind mm-hmm. of a a reasonable facsimile of that experience and it i'll tell you it was it was right after harvey we were flooded out of our house we were living in my parents upstairs we, it was a rough few months and it was such a cathartic experience. Yeah. We were just crying in each other's arms. That's also one of the greatest Houston sports experiences in my life. Jeez. So that, that championship brings goosebumps to me. It's talking about it. See, yeah. I love, I love hearing about it. Cause man, you know, that's all we want. Like Kenny even said like to me when we did, when he was like, this is something you waited all your life for, man. And I was like, dude, trust me. It, this is moment I'll forever remember. So Championships for our teams is something that as Houstonians, we don't experience as much. So anytime that someone speaks so glowingly about, especially experiencing 94 and 95 is such a wonderful thing, man. I love to hear it because I was way too young to really experience it. I was just with my dad banging pots and pans in the living room during game seven. <laughs> you know, that, that, that was quite a time. I remember that very vividly, but it's different when you're, when you're that young, as opposed to like being as an adult now. So that's something just we look forward to for sure to experience and hoping it'll be soon with Jalen green at the helm, you know, that's all we can hope for. Right. <laughs> I know crossing, crossing everything that we have. And, and, and I guess just in regards to that, like they, for, I guess for me, like for, I guess sports experience is obviously going to be Houston Astros, but uh, best experience I got to, I was only a few years old when the Rockets won their title. So obviously it's not something that I can recall like vividly. I think for me, it had to have been that 2018 year, just from top to bottom, that 65 and 17 Rockets and steamrolling through the teams. And obviously that huge game five went over the Warriors is probably as good as it got, obviously was derailed by the Chris Paul injury, but I think as a whole, though, that was that moment of like, oh, man, champs on the ropes. Like we're about to knock we're about to, you know, knock these guys off their throne. This is about to be it here. So, <laughs> well, you know, I, I'm just excited. Like like the GM said, Jalen Green, Houston Rockets, him at the helm, get someone like a Paolo, Chet, Jabari, whoever. And, you know, let's go next year and we'll see what ends up happening. Hopefully we get Victor Wimbanya, but that's that's my personal hope. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it, it's funny that we're talking about championships right now. Last question over to you, David, just for fun right now. Look, game two is literally playing as we speak. Who did you have winning and give us the games? Oh, gosh. Um, <laughs> I know. Talking, no, yeah. The family's been talking about that a lot. Um, I. I don't know the score, so don't kill me if I'm completely wrong. I, I, don't know. I have a feeling Golden State's going to win game two. I don't know the score. I, I don't know what's going on. Um, I mean, I'm rooting for Boston. But, uh, me too. Yeah, I mean, I think Boston in seven was my pick mm. going in, so I got to stick with Boston in seven. But it's good. I mean, game one was amazing. This mm-hmm. is, should be a really fun series. It could really go either way. Mm-hmm. I'm rooting for Boston, but it, 
I, I just like watching good basketball being played, and both these teams play great basketball. Yeah, me too. I, I got Boston in seven, and I had, I think Warriors are going to win tonight too, so I totally understand where you're coming from. Um, they, there's no way they lose two games in Oracle in a row. I mean, or is that Oracle Chase? Not, no. yes, not Oracle. Sorry, Sorry, my apologies. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, mistakes are made. Yeah, I was going to – I picked Golden State. Like, I jokingly picked Golden State in five. Obviously, this is a I'm, – I'm not wrong yet so <laughs> I'm, I'm getting close though because currently we're at halftime literally as we record this pod it's 52 to 50 right now warriors at halftime so okay we'll see, we'll see what it, you know it's, it's like i said we're in we're in tune for a good game here so i can't wait to see what happens there david once again thank you so much for coming on our podcast this is a check off the summit bucket list getting <laughs> david on and you think we're joking we're not even joking this is serious i hope it was really down low on that list <laughs> next to, you'll never next know you'll never know <laughs> next to getting oh next to getting houston rockets star uh, chase buttinger absolutely yeah. <laughs> one of my favorite picks ever absolutely loved him loved him david let's roll out the red carpet for you one more time uh just let the people know if there's anything you want to say in regards to you know like anything where to follow you uh anything that you want to say in regards to that shout outs anything you want to say sure uh you can follow me on twitter at bimathug b-i-m-a-t-h-u-g uh or you know you'll you'll catch my stuff on clutchfans.net and uh every once in a while dave and i'll put out a podcast um we're starting to do some twitter spaces every once in a while so you know we get really excited around draft time and free agency so they expect maybe some more of those but uh, but definitely not with the frequency and the high level of quality that you guys do it um but uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll try to put it out there's, there's nothing high quality about our content. We're just a bunch of dude. We're just a bunch of dudes messing around for the most part. I, that, I totally had this on my list and I totally had forgotten to ask you. Quick bonus last question. Bima Thug, where did that nickname come from? Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, I, I got to leave some, something to mystery. I got oh, only a select is. few people. Only a select few people know what that means. And uh, you, I may tell you, but I'm not telling you on the air. Oh, okay. I like that. I'll take that. I'll right. take that. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. I'll let's get that. let's get off this pod as quickly as possible. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> it's really so lame. It really is not. It's really not fun. It's cool or anything. Let's keep it mysterious. No, I like this. Let's keep it. <laughs> let's keep it mysterious. So, David, once again, from from myself and my brother, we really appreciate it. Uh, just getting you on. Thank you so much, uh, GM. Anything you have to say in regards before we move on and end here? Just want to say thank you, Dave. We really appreciate you for coming on and. We just look forward to everything that you and the other Dave will be posting up, man. We, uh, I'll let I'm, him know I'm a little listener. Don't <laughs> <laughs> no, tell, no, tell, man. I'm gonna get in trouble. See, I, I don't know how I feel about that. Whew. Oh man, I'm, I'm trying yeah. to stay on Clutch fans' good side. I don't know. What there you go. Saying. There you go. There you go. There you go. <laughs> Mr. Hardesty. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll call him. We'll call him Mr. From now on, you know, show that respect. <laughs> Well, David, once again, it's such a pleasure getting you on. Thank you so much. We got to get you on again in the future. And uh, we appreciate everything that you do for Clutch fans, uh, for us, and for all the entire Rockets community. Thank you. No, thanks so much for having me, guys. It was great. The Summit for Life. The Summit for Life.